I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today we watched another Pinocchio movie. This one was Disney's live action remake from just last year. Uh, It's just called Pinocchio, but it's the 2022 one. Yes, this is the most cheery you have sounded this whole time. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's a, there's like three Pinocchio movies that released in 2022, but this is the Disney one. Um, Mom's remarking on my cheerfulness because maybe I was slightly less cheerful while we actually watched it, but... <laughs> So, who would like to get... It's the same thing. It's it's the same movie as the original Disney one. We've got um, a few new characters. There's a few new characters, like uh, Sophia the Seagull, who helps Jiminy get to Pinocchio, and also... And from point A to B. And then just, like, ful- fulfills the Blue Fairy's purpose of telling people where to go later in the movie. And she flies... She helps them get around some. And then, um, what is her name? Fa- Fa- Fabiana? Or yeah, something? Fabiana, who works for Stromboli. And uh, she hurt her leg at some point. And she, she has... Does other parts of the Blue Fairies role. Yeah, and she all, but she's also there and has her own little puppet that's in the I've Got No Strings performance. Mm-hmm. And she tries to help Pinocchio... And fails, and then has a whole plot that happens off screen. Apparently, that we find out when we see her later. So yeah, so she's a puppet. She's a puppeteer, and there's right. Yeah, she's a puppeteer who works for Shambhali. I think that's it for like the new characters. Um, and uh, outside of a couple of bit roles, there's a guy who goes to Geppetto's to ask for his clocks, and the there's the schoolmaster. Um, who you briefly Barely see. There. Yeah, like bit characters. Uh but those are the those are the Sophia and Fabiana are the two new, like relatively significant characters. Everyone else is who who they were in the original to various degrees. Some of them changed a little bit and some of them basically entirely new characters like the coachman, but otherwise performing similar roles. What did we think of this movie? Well, I'll start, I guess. I would say at this point, I'm not going to recommend, but I want to say that I'm, it'll be interesting with, with our discussion, but, but now, okay. Again, as we said, the story is the same, except the ending is different. Uh, So there are story elements and characterizations of characters that I like better in some respects. I also would say overall the story, because it was so obvious and we'll talk about it in writing and it was, I don't think it was written well in that sense, it was boring, but visually it held my attention. Now, not always because of good visuals, but visually it did hold my attention. And what do you, not, not like ranking, but like, I want us to also think about about this in terms of not just being a remake of Disney's, but also kind of how it compares to those, to the other two Pinocchios we've watched so far. Yeah. I don't know. Was, was there, is there anything just off the top of your head here at the top uh, about it compared to those that you found interesting? Story much more lacking because again, it was just too predictable and it was too spelled out. Uh, 
the ending I I found interesting and I liked. And again, there were some characterizations. I, I don't know if you want me to mention them now, but for I mean, example, we can, uh, we can wait, yeah, but, but uh, characterizations that I liked better. Now, not hundred percent because there's still. I mean, obviously, the perfect scenario would be if I could combine. I'm interested to see our last Pinocchio that we watch. Yes, because I wish there were some elements that I could combine from all of them. Sure, yeah. to make the best Pinocchio. <laughs> bring bring that dog yes. into all of them yeah, yeah, from from yeah. the Russian one. <laughs> But yeah, but even with characterization of, of all the, even the main characters with Geppetto, with Pinocchio, with, you know, Jiminy Cricket, I wish that there were some combinations I could make with all the ones we've seen. Yeah, I, and and even as I'm thinking about it more, I'm finding stuff that I, I wasn't happy with, but yeah, it was heavy handed. They added stuff. That I don't think actually added to the film. It just made it longer. Compared to the original, I liked the succinctness of the original Disney one better. Uh, yeah, I, I I didn't enjoy it that much. I got a lot of notes. I'm happy to talk about it. At uh, this point, would you recommend it? Oh, no, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, no, I wouldn't recommend this to my worst enemy. <laughs> I uh, am trying to... I'm going to try to sound chipper and, and reasonable as talking about this, but I absolutely loathe this... <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, I think, my least favorite of the remakes I've watched so far. Interesting. I oh. absolutely hate it. And I'd much rather watch that Russian one that we didn't like too much, like five times before watching this again. Would you rather watch Dumbo than this? The live the action Dumbo? Dumbo? Yeah, the live ac- action remake. I think I'd rather die if that's my choice. If my choice is <laughs> Aladdin. Like, if my choice is like, you gotta watch, I would rather watch Aladdin. Okay. Yeah. I would rather watch live action Aladdin than this. If it's, if, 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 if someone comes up and they're like, hey, I'm going to kill you unless you watch either the live action Pinocchio remake or the Dumbo remake. I'm like, pull the trigger, man. I can't, I can't do it again. Um, in all all actuality, I probably would watch the Dumbo one because then I could just fall asleep. As opposed to this one? No, I don't. I think this one is the horror of it. Wouldn't let me, wouldn't let me sleep. I just be constantly getting so mad. Uh, anyways. <laughs> but, yeah, you got super mad with the Aladdin one. What's the difference there? Um, you know, like, Will Smith is, he's kind of fun. The music wasn't, like, too terribly ruined. So, like, the songs are still kind of fun. Like, there's, there's things there. There's some fun, uh, costumes and stuff, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, here there's nothing. Okay. Here it's all bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess I guess we'll have to see when by the time I get to the end because I recall with Dumbo saying that it might be a greater sin to be boring than to be bad, and we'll have to see how I feel about that once once we get to the end here. We're going to discuss and we're going to see. So um, no, I don't recommend it. Let's get specific. I want to mention that this film received generally negative reviews from critics who found it lacked the charm of the 1940 film and criticized the writing and deviations, though the visuals and some of the actors' performances received praise. I couldn't tell you who, because this doesn't tell me, and I certainly like can't intuit on my own who in the world they thought was actually good in this movie, but maybe you guys know and can tell me. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk about the story of the characters. Your taste is a bit heavy-handed. I'm going to try to bring it back a little bit. Let's talk about the story of the characters. I liked the depiction of Pinocchio. Now, I I feel like it was a little bit too, too good the whole time, but I still liked it. And what I mean by that is I like that 
Uh, first of all, he was very little boyish to me. And I like that he, I like that he really did seem to care about Geppetto. That was believable to me. And I also like how he treated Jiminy Cricket the whole time. And also, again, I like how he treated Geppetto, like meaning, like, referencing him and wanting to get back to him and wanting to do what was right for Geppetto. I like how he treated the other people. I also liked his innocence and the realism of him not being trusting after him having negative experiences, which I feel like is the most realistic out of some of the depictions that we've seen. You know, it's kind of like, because there, in one, in that sense, there was growth because, you know, and I like how, it didn't have to be spelled out to me, but that, you know, he was more distrusting of humans and that he just felt like Geppetto was the only one that he could really trust. I like how he stayed trusting of Jiminy Cricket. I also really liked Jiminy Cricket's character and I really liked Jiminy Cricket's taking his job seriously. And also I like how, how he guided him. Um, I, I feel like there were some parts of the writing that was just really poorly done, but then there was other parts of of the writing and his dialogue that guided Pinocchio that I felt like was realistic, and I liked I liked the exchange between them. On a more minor note with Jiminy, how did you feel about his narrator meta humor at the top of the film, and also that other time later in the film where he talked directly to us? I didn't, I felt like that was unnecessary and I didn't like that. I feel that way about a majority of the jokes in this movie, that they were unnecessary and I didn't like them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, here's the thing. I feel like the writing, the only, the only justification that I can have is if, if your audience is my grandson, who's three and a half, like the three to six year old or three to seven year old market, and that's only the only one you're marketing this to. Okay, maybe, maybe. Other than that, anyone over those ages, it was just really poorly written as far as just just spelling things out, repeating them, repeating really, them, repeating them. Really and it's assuming like, ignorance and an inability to follow yes. basic plot plot structures from the audience. Yeah, yeah. really kind of really kind of condescending towards the audience constantly and at all times. Yeah, not just plot, but like. The framing and stuff, like not being able to get get inference from things in the scene. Right. And again, repeating it, repeating. So again, if literally you're they wanting... They repeat a lot of things. And if you literally want your three to six-year-olds to watch this on their own without any guidance from you to discuss, maybe. Frankly, maybe. I think your three to six-year-old deserves better. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not Truly. saying that, but, you know. They explain Pinocchio's name in this movie. Uh, multiple, multiple times. Two no, times. the Blue Fairy also brings it up. Yeah, that's the second time. Oh, that was the second time. They, twice they explain Pinocchio, because he's made of pine. You need to rein it in. I can't. You need to rein it in. <laughs> they explain it twice. I, I think that was maybe two times too many times to explain a thing that I didn't need to know. How'd you guys feel about Tom Hanks um, in general? Uh, Yeah. For for Tom Hanks. For Geppetto. Yeah, okay. So, really for Geppetto, mm. um, it felt like, you know, he was in this film more. They were trying to characterize him more. They didn't do a good job. I think compared to the Italian one, 
they did a good job integrating him into the film and showing his journey. Yeah, and like showing him searching for Pinocchio. And stuff. Right, and, and not just searching, but what he went through searching. Yeah. And like, ha- not necessarily how that affected him, but like him feeling in, feeling like he was in places. Yeah. And like, uh, not not like affecting things, but like, you know, you cared. Uh, you had a lot of Tom Hanks in the beginning. He gave some background that that didn't really didn't matter. Like you're naming the kid that he lost. It's like we we can know that he lost a kid. Although I would argue that giving Geppetto, oh, I had a son who died, and I'm making a puppet in his image, is kind of like one of the basest ways to add to the story that you could do. It's not inherently bad, but it doesn't feel like they do a lot with that grief to make having that plot point an important part of the film and the film's themes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and also he lost a wife right. and they and right. they bring, you know, that in with these weird clocks but that he's, he has. He's just kind of this he happy, loopy man and we don't really get moments of feeling like he's really like sad and lonely or, mm-hmm. or anything and like mm-hmm. the themes of the film don't dovetail into it so it kind of it just feels like sad backstory for the sake of attempting to make a character feel more deep, but not really doing the work to make that really feel like it's actually informing the character. Yeah. Yeah. Along those lines, I feel like they tried to have the dialogue, which was not well written, make all the connections and make make the journey of these characters instead of having them, you know, having them actually do actions and letting us infer and letting us, the audience make that decision and that connection and that, you know, empathy. Um, They tried to just, they just tried to say it with words to us. And the beginning of the film is just like, there's something really kind of excruciating about spending such a long period of time with a live action man just like interacting with CG animals and talking out loud to himself that wasn't so painful when watching it all animated. Yeah. Like there's just, it's just like this man in this room, just like prattling on. And I just like, I think that's, you know, outside of even talking about how I feel Tom Hanks himself did with that, that feels just like kind of a tough thing to make that interesting in general. Yeah. It went on way too long. And also all of the clocks and the things that spent way too much time on these clocks. I'll wait for talking about the design, but they, I feel like they spent too much time there in Geppetto's house. Mm-hmm. Too much time with the clocks, with, you know, even showing the clocks, with him again talking, with him kind of talking a song, um, with him even getting into bed, you know, with him going to sleep and us hearing him snore with the blue. I mean, there was just too much time there. If, if they had shaved at least 15 to 30 minutes, you know, at least 15 to 25 minutes off of this, um, they could have taken. I don't, I don't think that's probably too no, long. Not from that time. scene. I mean, from oh, the, of whole the movie. movie. Oh, 100%, of the whole movie. 100%. And, and I was going to say a good five to eight to maybe even 10 minutes from this beginning part could have been shaved off. I think it just kind of all goes back to what Valerie's talking about, about like the succinctness of the original mm-hmm. was not a priority here. 
it's all kind of about bloat and, and in a way that is just really not generally that interesting. Um, what do you guys think the implication is of the blue laser beam hitting the picture of his dead son and then bouncing off the I didn't like into it. Pinocchio? I didn't like, like what it at is, all. What does it mean? His I soul? Wanna, yeah. Right? I'm like, is the yeah. soul of Geppetto's dead son going into Pinocchio? Like, what else is this supposed to be telling I me? I know. Or is it the, like, the... His life essence? No, not, he, not that, but like... The Ge- thought? Yeah, Geppetto's thoughts and feelings that he that he feels towards, you know, this image of his son. Then that feels undermined by the fact that at the end of the movie, he tries to say that it's not about my dead son. It's about you. I wanted you. Yeah. So what... So if that's if if what he's saying is true, is that something a realization he came to Possibly. or is there supposed to be something else we're supposed to glean from the laser beam hitting the picture and then Pinocchio? Yeah, that was just weird. I just I didn't like that. There were too many things in this movie like this that that it just just it introduces was too questions. Unclear. Yeah, it was just too unclear. Here's another thing that introduced a question. Pinocchio kept repeating things, which I think he did in the original movie briefly with Jiminy Cricket, is that Jiminy talked to him and he like repeated back a, a, a sentence or two. But in this one, he keeps doing it and he keeps doing it when the Blue Fairy starts talking to him too. And then she says, oh, I know what the problem is and taps his head and then he stops. What does this mean? She's just fixing up the magic. So... He's he was just like broken before like what the initial spell wasn't either quite done or like she also seemed surprised that he wasn't real. Oh yeah, I don't know. So like oh, no, maybe there's like some overarching magical entity. Yeah, that, did like, she was it not her that shot the blue laser beam and she's working for like Fairy Co. Yeah, and yeah. It's coming she's down it's too many I don't need all these questions. Yeah, and she's Why? Follow, she's following up on an initial wish request. So weird. Yeah. She's checking to see everything's all right. Oh, we and none, it up a little and bit. none of that is go. something I had to think about in the original because she just appeared in the room and you waved her wand and made him real. And that's all you really need. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's an odd choice. I did like the Blue Fairy reading Gemini to Filth, though. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> just kind of like telling Gemini. Like, oh, you look like a vagabond. Yeah, like, just how like. What's going on. Yeah. Just reading him to filth. It was good. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's really, there really is just so much unnecessary talking in the Blue Fairy scene, though. It's so much longer than it needs to be or has any right to be. Yeah, I didn't like, the the thing that they had with the rhyme in the beginning felt like that should have gone on longer, but it didn't. So then it made the rhyming in the beginning really weird. And the right? rhyming with like, Geppetto's uh, talk song and then the Blue Fairy herself was kind of, there were instances where she was speaking in rhyme. Yeah. And then she, Man. and then she's the one that sings the When You Wish Upon a Star song. Maybe the rhyming thing is, is like fine. company policy. Yeah. I get, yeah, I don't know. There's The Blue Fairy scene introduces way too many questions with its whole setup. Still storing characters, I did not like the depiction of Honest John and and He um, says and never mind too many letters when he tries to spell out Pinocchio's name. And this bothers me because Honest John is supposed to act like he knows what he's talking about, not admit when something's too much for him. I don't buy that, and I think I agree with you. The writing on Honest John is poor. Well, I also, what I didn't like is I did not like how he kept hitting 
get in. That bothered me. It was almost like um, one of the movies that we saw where the, I don't remember, but but one character kept hitting the other and kind of like putting them in their place. And I just feel like it was overdone. Like oh, were you just, talking about with the, the little rabbit and the giant? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was reminiscent of that to me. And what I mean by that is, okay, you can establish, you can do that a couple of times, but he just kept on and kept on and kept on hitting Gideon and pushing him back and hitting him. And it was just overdone. I just didn't like it. It, it, it just, it really felt more abusive than funny or anything else to me. It's supposed to be slapstick. And I will talk in a later section about I, why. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I think what you're talking about, I have reasons for why it feels that way. Which yeah. we'll talk about later. I put the seagull character seems really cool and important and like a necessary addition. Sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was, gonna, I was waiting. Pinocchio like runs off to school and then a, and then a seagull like, flies down on the thing and Geppetto starts talking to it and says its name is Sophia and then gives and, her trash and gives her trash and then Gemini comes outside and he talks to her and it's like oh cool this is the new character my new favorite character Sophia yeah oh, hold on <laughs> we hmm? missed a an important thing yeah I think just in the beginning the jokes in it didn't didn't hit for the most part I mean, like, I think you already said a lot of the jokes don't hit. A lot of the jokes don't hit. Mm-hmm. Uh. I, I, and, and genuinely, with Honest John, I feel like Keegan-Michael Key is not doing a poor job with his acting, but mm-hmm. I feel like the lines he's being supplied are awful. Like, I don't think the writing on him is good. Yeah. I don't blame the actor. I blame the lines that he's being made to perform. Yeah, <laughs> They're just not very funny or interesting and they don't I, I genuinely I genuinely don't think that they match the character well enough like they're just not good yeah and when we get to voice acting and things like that because because some of the the actors that I enjoyed the voice acting and so forth I didn't like the visuals and vice versa and things like that um yeah oh sorry one of the jokes that was really bad was the chris pine joke oh i hated that one that was awful he's like oh we need to rename you and he's like what chris pine no that'll never work or something like that because <laughs> there's an actor named that that's so funny also i really liked when uh after is this he a was real like or sarcasm sorry this is sarcasm like when honest john and gideon were knocked out or whatever jiminy made sure to point out that People who call themselves honest are are generally not honest. And I thought that that was really fun and clever to be pointed out because I didn't understand that in the original film. But maybe this guy who calls himself Honest John is is less honest than than the name would imply. But it's my, just, but my it's grandson just... might might learn that. See? <laughs> I feel like I feel like that. your grandson could also watch the original movie and see a character that is named Honest John and see that he doesn't do good things and be like, oh, maybe maybe him calling himself this is actually not true and he's trying to make himself seem honest. He could maybe learn it through like the plot and the characters doing things instead of a character turning to the audience and telling you point blank a meaning of something, which again is a thing that happens a lot in this movie. I think you this know. is the fourth or fifth time you've said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, you know, th- 
the role of Anishan and Gideon was so short. We didn't yeah. even get to yeah. see the exchange. We didn't even get to see them bringing him to Stromboli, any of that, which I, I really don't mi- I mean, think I, I we think- see the handoff in the original either. I think they just walk away singing the song and then Pinocchio's there. Yeah, but, but the main thing is they don't him. come back after yeah, that. Yeah, They're gone after that. Um, because instead of them bringing him to the coachman or seeing a scene where they talk to the coachman, they're not there at all. Pinocchio just like gets scooped up to be a part of that thing, which is a whole thing. But before we get to that, I'd like to talk about how Pinocchio is kicked out of school for being a puppet. I know. By his teacher. What do you think about that? Very strange. One is that would be horrible and, and you wouldn't throw something out. But more than that, okay, this teacher wasn't intrigued that you had a walking, talking puppet. I mean, meaning like, or questioning that. And instead just says, you're a puppet. You're not a real kid. So get out of here and I'm going to throw you out. That's just so bizarre. So that's not why that, why it bothers me. The reason that it bothers me And this is kind of the first major thread in this that will, again, be a recurring problem throughout the movie, as so many issues are, is it feels like a cop-out. It feels like instead of letting Pinocchio make wrong choices, Mm -hmm. we're maneuvering him into a position where he has almost no choice but to do it. He's maneuvered into a position where he's literally kicked out of school after Jiminy said you should listen to your school teacher and his school teacher says that he belongs in a puppet show. Then Honest John and Gideon come back and and convince him some more and Jiminy is trapped in a thing and Pinocchio can't hear him. And it's like, yeah, with all of that stacked against him, I guess a good, honest little boy like him might make a bad decision. But in the original movie... He just made a bad choice because he was tempted. And the issue is that this keeps happening and it makes stuff like later when he's in a cage and we go through, of course, the lying scene. And he's like, oh, I really wanted to go to school. His nose starts growing. And it's like, well, by all accounts, it seemed like you did. Mm -hmm. Like you kept telling Honest John and Gideon that you want to go to school you did actually go and then you got kicked out. Like it, it just robs him of the ability to make mistakes. And I feel like the movie becomes so committed to making Pinocchio seem like such a good, honest boy who just happens to be in bad situations that it doesn't allow him to be a flawed character at all. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, the journey he's supposed to go on requires him to be a flawed character to work. The extent to which he's flawed, we've seen many different interpretations. In the original Disney, he's still, he's a pretty good boy, but he does make mistakes. He makes a decision to, to go uh, with Honest John Gideon instead of going to school. He makes a decision to be kind of rough and tumble and smoke and drink when he's on Pleasure Island. But here, it's like he's being forced into everything and he's and he's he's not sure and he's nervous the whole time. And it just, 
it makes and then uh, sorry and then in the in the other streams we have some of the other versions where he's just straight up kind of a little monster from the beginning and yeah. goes on this journey but here there's pretty much no journey he's born he's a good kid he goes through some trials but he was a good kid the whole time and never had to wrestle well, to me, with his decision that's a whole different character what i'm saying is it's interesting because hang on uh, yeah one is you're right. I mean, there's he didn't even make the decision to go to Pleasure Island in the original Disney. He did make that decision. Well, in this movie, ad- admittedly, in the original Disney, he did not make the decision for Pleasure Island either to go. He was like strong armed by oh, Honest John and Gideon. That is true. I forgot he made about bad that. decisions once he was there, but the actual decision to go, he I didn't forgot make about that. That, one. that they they physically took him because yeah, okay, I, I'd forgotten because yeah. in this one he's literally scooped up. He's not yes. even no. That's the that one thing. Like, it exists. It is similar on both ones for that particular. But what I was going to say is, since we're not going to have spoilers, what I'm saying is, it's a different, it's a whole different characterization mm-hmm. because now I don't know if this was their intent, but really the way they made Pinocchio's character is the fact that he was told by the Blue Fairy and others that you're not a real boy or that, you know, real boy, you'll be a real boy if you're honest, brave, and true. He was honest, brave, and true the whole time. He didn't, that didn't change. And then at the end, it's revealed he's staying a puppet and be your honest, brave, and blue. You are a real boy, as real as any other boy. So in that sense... They had his character stay consistent. I don't well, know if that we'll, was their intent. We'll talk more about the end, but it's unclear if he stays a puppet. Yeah. But the the point is, and what you're getting at, and you're correct, is that they take him from a flawed character that goes on a character arc journey to the type of character that that static. that stays static but is tested. And the thing about those sorts of characters is that typically in those sorts of stories, they really have to like be tested and genuinely waffle on whether they're going to stay true or not. And they also tend to affect those around them who do go on more traditional arcs of changing for the better when they see the good example being set by the static character. And there's none of that in this one on either of those counts because the original structure of the story is based on a flawed character that goes through a character arc. And so what that leaves you with is a character that does not go on a character arc and neither does anyone else. And so nothing interesting happens. It's basically a really flat story from beginning to end where Pinocchio's tested, but like never remotely do you feel like he's actually going to make the wrong decision. And the only reason he's ever in a bad situation is because someone kind of forced him into it. Yeah. I mean, the technical term, of course, a dynamic character is a character that has growth, yeah. that has flaws and growth and, and, and so forth. Um, static characters remain the same. You actually had Jiminy Cricket and Pinocchio being static characters. Yeah. Uh, the whole, the whole way through. Which doesn't work when the structure of the story is intended for a dynamic character. Exactly. Yeah. And then one, like, the concrete examples being when Pinocchio suffers consequences to actions that he doesn't actually take. The growing of the nose, like you said, at least on one of those things that he says, seems true. Yeah. Turning into a donkey at Pleasure Island when he barely partook of any yeah. bad it's really action. Like, why? <laughs> and he actively seemed concerned and worried and unsure. Yeah. Maybe 
but, so he drinks some root beer. Yeah. Which is a whole different thing. You're it right. was given to him. He didn't even steal it or anything. So, right. yeah. So, so yeah, like it, I think what you said, a static character in, in a storyline where he's supposed to be flawed, it just, it doesn't mesh. It makes. Yeah. You have to fundamentally change the story if you're going to change the type of character. And they don't because they're beholden to the original because the whole point of this is to be beholden to the original. And they're just trying to fix the problems that they think are there or that they've heard parents say are there by trying to make, no, look, he really is the goodest good boy. And I don't even know if they're necessarily... Some of them are clearly trying to fix problems. Yeah, like re- removing us putting intentions into yes. the actions. Removing that, I think trying to make things more explicit and obvious just undermines a lot of things. Yes. But but also, they it seems like they weirdly shifted some of the, the themes or pulled out things. But to me, didn't actually follow up on it. Like the... I think Jan mentioned focusing on him being a real boy. That was just, that was weird to me. Like in, in the instances. So with the school teacher, he's not a real boy. He can't go to school. It's like, Oh, okay. Like that was random. Like the first instance. And, and combining that with his distrust was very confusing to me as well. Going a bit further, he actively calls out in the, um, with the coachman taking them to Pleasure Island, he's like, but I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, wait. Yeah. His- Early on in the character, <laughs> yeah. you're supposed to be naive. So you're not naive. Okay. So you would have gone back, but now you're forced to do this because the story needs you to do this. And again, he gets repercussions for going to Pleasure Island, but repercussions for actions that he wouldn't, he didn't want to take. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like, I think, in the Italian uh, Pinocchio, Pinocchio wanted to go back to his dad's house in one of the instances. What pulled him back was the uh, fox and the cat lying to him, saying that if he saw, I, I don't know if that he couldn't see his dad before getting the money back or like, no, wouldn't it be great if you also had the money? So there, there was a kind of waffling and a, a, a developing of his character at that point, because Early on, he probably it would have been easy to be like, no, no, let's do this. But here, it wasn't any different than before. So, of from his character's action, so it just it was confusing for a, a viewer to be like, why are you, why why is the story forcing him to go? Yeah, yeah, like, this is incidental to what is happening. Yeah, 100%. and it's not interesting. Let's, I'm sure we'll return to it. Let's pull back from Pinocchio's character arc or lack thereof a little bit. Talk some about some of the other characters, such as Fabiana seems really cool and important and like a necessary addition. Um, I don't dislike her, but that mm -hmm. whole, it was, it was just, it's a story in itself or whatever. It was just, I I don't think it, it was just too, too, too unclear because one is, Mm -hmm. for example, it was not clear as to if, okay, we know she's a puppeteer. We saw other puppeteers. First of all, the way they were puppeting was superhuman, uh, in, in, and the movements, you know, that they made with the puppets were just, were too human. But, but that even that aside, it was unclear if she was, if her marionette that she primarily puppeted was its own entity 
And and then she just helped puppet and it. I felt like maybe because, Pinocchio was crushing on the puppet at one point, which is weird. I don't know what but, was happening. You know, or it could, you know, but... but but yeah, what was I mean the puppet is, alive? Yeah, because the thing is, because even, for example, when, when and then, and then, you know, the, this whole storyline about how they get Stromboli put in jail, and then they, they start their own company, and then they want Pinocchio to come with them. Just real quick, early on, she talks to Pinocchio about how they don't like Stromboli either, and they plan to, like, take his money and start their own troop at some point. Well, get back their money. That she Sure, starts. get back their money, because he's, like, taking it from them, and start their own thing at some point. And so then, and then much later, after Pleasure Island and stuff... Uh, she happens to go by where Pinocchio is and talks to him and is basically like, oh yeah, we got Stromboli thrown in jail and now we own the cart and stuff. And it's like... Quick cut to Stromboli going, like, being thrown into jail. Exactly. And then what I'm saying is then why it was then doubly like, wait a minute, are they two different entities? Because at the beginning or throughout the movie it's it was possible that you're like well maybe she's a ventriloquist as well as a as a puppeteer it seemed to be the insinuation because um, her mouth would yes was doing the, but yeah. then at the very end when she's on the pier and they're walking off and wishing a pinocchio well they say goodbye at the same time so she's a really either talented ventriloquist because her, her marionette and she their voices were speaking at the same time. So that, you know, again, it's just unclear if they're two different entities. And she also talks about in her song about being a puppet, her part puppet herself yeah. or something. And she's, I'm, she maybe that's supposed to be a metaphor yeah. about her, her leg. I don't know. She also moved, um, puppet like, or like the way her dancing and the way she could hold seemed, seemed yeah. human to some extent. I think that was with the aid of her, ability like her mobility device yeah she had a thing on her leg and she could lock it in place oh okay got it and so she could balance on that leg or at least keep that leg in that position i mean she's she would be balancing the rest i would i would think but that's why she could stay in that position because her device helped her lock into it my main issue with her can be summed up by the fact that she could be completely removed from the movie and nothing would change which Oddly, could not be said about Sophia the Seagull. (laughs) They do take pains to make Sophia the Seagull important to the plot in a way that they do not do for Fabiana. And I thought they were going to at first. I thought that she was actually legitimately going to help Pinocchio get out of the cage. But no, she's not able to do that. And so ultimately... You could cut her scenes completely. Nothing would change. Right. Like in that scene where he's in the cage, she comes in to say, hey, that key that we saw uh, Stromboli lock your cage with and then put on the hook. That's the key that you're going to need to get out. Oh. Okay, bye. <laughs> and then and she doesn't do anything else. Like, nope. I think that's literally the function of her. And it's like, um, that wasn't needed if you had any trust in your audience we could see that that's the key that he needed right uh but but yeah otherwise that was my question uh is what was she there for even thematically what is yeah well okay so thematically i think that leads into the the trusting of humans and puppets but sure but that again that was so that yeah that wasn't i i don't think it it completed with any satisfaction. Yeah. So it's just pieces here and there that are like, where is this going? And, and so, yeah, 
Pinocchio was like, I don't trust you. You're a human early on, or maybe not as directly, not at like the coachman, but still like, I'm not sure. And she pulls out her puppet, her marionette. And so Pinocchio talks to the marionette and, you know, assumes that she is like him. So while uh, Fabiana's speaking through her and puppeteering her, Pinocchio trusts her. So is it like what is it trying to say there? I guess because it you... ultimately doesn't seem to like enhance his trust in any meaningful way. Because trust is never really that important a component to his story, right? It, it never goes with like, oh no, like I'm the magic puppet. She's not a magic one. You're the one that I trust because you're speaking for her. It, it doesn't connect that way. Yeah. If 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 the puppet is magic as well. Like, what does that say for her being still on strings unless she's, like, unless they're friends and either, like, mother-daughter, sister, whatever relationship that would be. We don't get a hint to that. So there's no, it again, like, it doesn't really go anywhere. So it makes instances where it hints at it confusing. Very. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but um, Stromboli's depiction here is pretty much purely clownish with no menace whatsoever and he kind of just literally throws Pinocchio in a cage for no real reason like after he does it he kind of explains like I don't want you to get away but the thing is that like there wasn't a scene where he and Pinocchio were chatting and Pinocchio is like well I'm gonna go back to my father and then he's like no you're not like wait, that's not here wait what did Pinocchio what would he well, say well I'm gonna go back to my father <laughs> wait one more time <laughs> well, I'm gonna go <laughs> Uh, so so like like obviously we talked about the original stromboli and the issues with like how his depiction is kind of racist but undoubtedly a thing that he had going for him was that he was a menacing dude he was able to kind of like put on charm and act smiley in front of a crowd but then like when pinocchio talks about, well, I'm going to leave for a little bit and come back. He's just like turns on a dime is like, no. And he's like a big menacing guy who looks scary when he frowns and he throws him into a cage here. He's just kind of portrayed as a buffoon. And he just kind of throws Pinocchio in a cage because he's mean out of nowhere. Like if there's not. And he's clumsy. And he also seems possibly drunk. I don't, they're, they're depictions, yeah. just like, for example, I don't know when I, when I say drunk and, and I'm kind of jumping, but just weird choice for characterizations. Uh, again, did not like Stromboli, the things that they come up with and I know we'll go, you can go back to it, but for example, the coachman whose voice I really liked and singing voice I liked, we can talk later about that, but I almost want to say it was a Jack Sparrow uh, kind of character where that was the vibe they gave and the, the way kind of he moved and acted. So are they just trying to get everything Disney into this movie? I don't know. I don't feel like it was like a purposeful trying to be Jack Sparrow specifically, uh, but I do feel like it was a performance kind of uh, influenced by Johnny Depp's kind of weirder stuff like yeah. like Jack Sparrow or... But that was the vibe. Yeah, just and almost kind of weird. Si- similar looks, not or major, majorly, but kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then back to the Stromboli thing. You asked about the scene. I think that he couldn't find 
Pinocchio in the room where he left him. Which is much weaker. Yes, agreed. It's like, oh, you're not exactly in the room where I thought you would be, so I'm mad and I'm throwing you in a cage, is a little less than, like, this guy who's like, yeah, yeah, it's all good. And then it's like, oh, well, I'm going to go home for a little bit. And he's like, oh, you're not getting out of my clutches. Yeah, but but I think, yeah, like, you could still... If you do a bit of work, I I get it. It's like... I shouldn't have to do a bit of work. Well, so then they'll repeat to you like three times. Yeah, then they will. (laughs) Anyway, no, but it's like, okay, my thing is puppets. I've got the money that controls my puppeteers and, and my puppets themselves are on strings. I have them. Oh, you don't need money and can move. I can see that of like, oh, I gotta, I gotta nip this in the bud right now. I guess, but I think... I don't need it be belabored into me with him, like, stating a bunch of stuff, but just... Sure. He just kind of comes into the scene suddenly and is yelling and throws him into a cage. And I feel like, I don't know, like a shot of him looking into the room, being like, where is he? And going. Just a little something to, like... Because he's it feels like he's barely there, I guess, That's is part fair. of the thing. Is that the, the thing... The reason that the scene works decently in the original is because... We get to have this scene where he and Pinocchio are sitting here having a ha-ha, like, we're having a nice time, and then it turns. Yeah. And whereas here, it's he's just not there until he's there and he's mad. Right. So there's not a turn, and there's there's just nothing building up to it. He's just suddenly there. Right. Well, I mean, Fabian is taking up some of that, exactly. right? Like, that's the nice part, and he's the turn, but he's not turning. He's just a mean character. Right. Which is... Less interesting than the character that, like, can put on a nice face to others, but is actually, like, an evil man who is, like, as soon as you threaten the thing that's making him money is like, oh, no, we're tamping down on this. Like, that's slightly more interesting than a guy who's just kind of a cartoonish buffoon and villain the whole time. Yeah, and I think the Stromboli's character is something that represents something that is one of the problems of the film. Uh, and that is it can't figure out if it's going to be mar- more cartoony theatrical or more realistic. Yeah. And so Stromboli's costuming and character is more cartoony theatrical. Yeah, inclu- including like his facial hair and stuff. Yes. Uh, I would say um, Honest John goes to a more cartoony theatrical. And Gideon. Yes. But then whenever they're in a real life town that isn't staged in a way that is that matches that like then you get instances where like the acting just feels out of place where it looks out of place so i think that's one of the big issues with the film and the irony with the writing in this film is that it you know overstates and makes and doesn't trust the audience in making connections but yet then in things like Stromboli's, you know, not having the turn there with not being clear what's going on with between Fabiana and and the marionette, if if they're two different entities and, and other things like that, it doesn't make clear. So it's like, yeah. I liked, um, and sarcasm, but also kind of do find it amusing, but not probably in the way that they meant. 
It's convenient that Gemini started to talk randomly to Pinocchio about peer pressure, literally right before Pinocchio got scooped up onto the peer pressure carriage. Yeah. <laughs> and then they saw, they sang they a, a song, song of peer they, pressure. That's what I'm saying. I wrote it when they started singing the song because I was like, oh, I see. He started saying that because now Pinocchio's on the peer pressure carriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is messed up that the cart is pulled by donkeys, though. That was... One of that was a nice little touch. That was yeah. That was that was oh that was twisted. One one more thing uh, on Fabiana that storyline or her spiel talking about uh, we'll start we'll get our money from Shaboli yeah. start our own show that felt very uh, Dumbo night no animal circus uh, storyline. Yeah, sure did didn't it? Yeah, it was which you know going to start start an ethical puppet show, right? And I think that is the kind of the other part of the films that that seems to influence the films is I feel like all of the bad things that other people do, they want to either not have them do or give them a comeuppance that disrupts the actual story. Like it didn't matter in the original Pinocchio what happened to Stromboli. He like Pinocchio got out and, and that's all we cared about. That's all we care to follow. Yeah. And if you did this in the original, it would be like, he got out, and then uh, somebody came at him like, you stole my money, and the police got him, and then he went to jail. It honestly made me surprised that they didn't do a similar thing for Honest John and Gideon, or for the coachman, of like, oh, look what happened to them. Like, those guys do still get off scot-free, but yeah, yeah, they're like, Stromboli's in jail now, and it's like, okay. Why? Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's just an odd choice. Oh, getting to Pleasure Island. Pinocchio's obvious unease during all of Pleasure Island is also really annoying. (laughs) Because the whole thing about the island is that it's supposed to be this thing that tempts the children to misbehave, which makes a Jack A out of them, literally. That's the thing of the island. But the whole time, Pinocchio's just like... This seems kind of bad, guys. I know, especially with the, like... These look like my father's clock. Yeah, the special clock bashing corner. Oh, wow, I didn't (laughs) notice that they look like your father's clocks. Wow, thank you. It's like, oh, but none of these are Disney branded because we don't want to show them smashing up the fox and the hound or something. No, of course not. And, And then they drink root beer... Because we can't show kids drinking and smoking. I I will give that at least they did show the kids doing some bad stuff, like breaking stuff and, and causing property damage and, and that sort of thing. But it really does still undermine it to just have them casually drinking root beer. Like, cool. That's real. They're really misbehaving. They're getting so much sugar right before bedtime, I guess. Uh, it was interesting, too, how they did the whole Pleasure Island thing, because it was like one ride that mm-hmm. that yeah. Pinocchio and It seemed like and there were multiple, Landwick. but yeah, then there's yeah, what go because into. because there's, because it would go into different things. It would go from being a boat to a slide to a whatever, but the whole time. And that's why I kind of felt bad for Lampwick, because... The worst we see him doing is saying mean things and and saying oh when shooting a slingshot once to to break one clock because the rest like of the time dad. yeah the rest of the time it, he was an observer like like Pinocchio on this ride that went through seeing all these other kids do stuff and seeing Pleasure Island you didn't see him partake I find it interesting it. that you say that because honestly I feel like this film 
kind of goes out of its way to make him feel worse than he did in the original. He kind of felt like a little jerk that I shouldn't feel sad for him turning into a donkey. <laughs> um, and that wasn't as much in the ride, but once he and Pinocchio were talking, he's just like constantly saying mean, rude yeah, stuff no, yeah. the entire time he cheats Pinocchio while they're playing. Like, they kind of go out of their way. Whereas the Lampwick in the original, you know, he partook in some of the stuff and he was smoking and drinking, but he had kind of this, like, calm, kind of chill. Like, yeah, this stuff's cool for us to do. And he encourages him to smoke or whatever. But, like, it's like they're all, it's like they're both having a fun time together. It seems to be what Lampwick wants in the original movie, whereas here it felt like Lampwick was actively antagonistic towards Pinocchio in a way where it's like, why does Pinocchio even want to hang out with him? Yeah. Well, so it, it it made like that turn even it, it's their insistence on making Pinocchio look like such a good boy. And then Lampwick seeming like such a bad boy. Like it makes them turning into donkeys feel like it doesn't mean anything. Cause I don't feel that bad for Lampwick. His actual transformation is honestly kind of just more funny than it is scary. He just gets, has a donkey head suddenly for a while. And then I'm like, why is Pinocchio even transforming? Is it just a matter of being here long enough? Cause he didn't do anything bad. I know. Well, what I was going to say though, with Lampwick, what's confusing to me is is it okay? What is it that turns you? What makes you bad? Is it yeah. is is it how you act and what you say, or is it what you do? And my point being is, you don't see Lampwick doing anything bad as far as like physically, like tearing stuff, other than the one slingshot to the clock off screen. He apparently pull. cheats Pinocchio. Maybe that mm, counts. But but then you but you hear him saying a lot of mean things. So you know, is it intent? Because and then if it is, if it's one or the other or both or either well again Pinocchio doesn't seem to do either we don't see Pinocchio yeah. doing anything bad and then we don't see him even thinking really anything bad and so it calls into mind all these questions that are just simply not there in the original because you understand in the original that even if Pinocchio's a good boy at heart he's giving into temptation and he's doing these bad things right along with Lampwick he's mm -hmm. drinking he smokes he doesn't seem to enjoy smoking but like he he does these things and so you understand that they are all doing it and you understand why they turn whereas mm. here their insistence on trying to like keep Pinocchio as good a boy as possible just it makes it confusing mm -hmm. it 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 really genuinely does mm -hmm. also at one point Jiminy says oh brother it's like I've dropped into H-E double hockey sticks which is a choice. And also another choice is that there are shadow monsters on Pleasure Island now. Yeah. And again, that's why this world, the, this movie, so what weird. is, what's that then because there's, they brought in the supernatural element that there's these supernatural entities. Then again, that makes me go question is, is the marionette uh, her own entity? They were just I like guys know. with clown masks on in their original, right? Like it was just yeah. some dudes. Oh, yeah. It like, was why is it smoke monsters? Right. But like, it, it felt like the implication in the original Disney one was that the guy was the devil, right? So maybe it's playing on that. And I just thought about... The, the original movie doesn't necessarily feel like it definitely wants you to think that, but I right. think that's an easy thing to read into it. Whereas here... <laughs> yeah, and I just thought about the Fabiana's marionette and, and Malfina 
And I'm wondering if some of that was some of the motivation is pulling from that kind of thing. Maybe, though, Malfina... Malvina is Sorry. from specifically the Russian one. Still, yeah. S- which, I-, I guess you could make that choice, but ostensibly this is only based on Carla Collodi's novel. Yes. That, that's all. I just thought about that while you were talking. But yeah, the coachman, they go for a super different take. In the original movie, he's just like this white-haired guy who's kind of a little bit sleazy, but also has a very creepy smile and mostly like kind of stays... He doesn't really interact with the children that much. Like, he drives them there, he opens the door for them and lets them in, but he doesn't really, like, seem to do anything to actively try to tempt them himself. They just decided they wanted to go. Presumably him or someone said something to some of these kids at some point about what Pleasure Island is, but we don't really see it. Whereas here, he's, like, fully, like actively trying to tempt them and stuff. He sings a song, does a little dance. Well, so he paid Honest John and Gideon, right? Yes, in the original movie, he paid Honest John and Gideon. And so that's, I think he's taking on that role of whatever they did. And also this quote-unquote collection process. Yeah, did he... Did he pay them to get Pinocchio or just, like, to get kids to To come? get kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get That's kids. right. So, yeah, it's it's an off-screen thing that happens. And we've already seen how Honest John and Gideon work. So it's easy to imagine them promoting this to people. And then they drag Pinocchio specifically. Especially just to kids who, who either are street urchins or just... That's such a good point that is relevant to both of these is that... The implication's really nasty that they're just picking these kids off the street and like, so are these kids worse because they're on the street and we don't worry about them. They get turned into donkeys and we don't ever see them again. Yeah, you don't have parents to care about you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Is it like, is some implication here, whether intended or not, that like growing up poor and on the streets without parental guidance makes you a bad person because it kind of feels like that's there even if they don't mean for it to be yeah i don't necessarily makes you a bad person but like more like more opportunity to be pulled in the wrong direction yeah well whatever that means and not be missed again that this this is not this supply and demand i mean you don't just have an endless supply of kids on the street of that age that, you know, or, or because Pleasure Island seems to be at a certain location. So unless you were moving from place to place, you're not going to have an endless supply of kids. I <laughs> think they're yeah, very strange. Know. Very strange. It's, yeah, I don't know. I think that the part where Pinocchio and Geppetto were yelling and talking to each other and Pinocchio tells him about his day was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you did all that in one day in particular, yeah, what a well, funny they joke. the thing us wondering, remember, in the original story, I'm how pretty many sure days there was in I between? feel like in the original, <laughs> it was more than one day, because exactly. he literally talks about being in the whale for months. So, right. no, apparently it's just all in one day in this version, which is such a funny joke. Um, and then after they escape from Monstro and stuff, and they have a death fake out with Geppetto, which we'll talk about in a little more they detail in a second. They don't, <sighs> Yes, they, instead of, in the original movie, the way that they had it was that it seemed like Pinocchio was dead, and they, and Geppetto brings him home, and he comes back to life and turns into a real boy, because he proved himself. And we saw that the, the original way that they were considering doing it, instead had Geppetto die, 
And Pinocchio like cries over his body and talks about how this is all his fault. And then Geppetto comes back to life. So this one, interestingly, went more towards that the one that they didn't go with, with Geppetto dying and coming back. What do we think about that? It, I think it was, I mean, I'm not saying, for this movie, I, I mean, I'm glad they did something different. I, I liked it better in the context of this movie. Uh, because it didn't really make, well, in fact, they did a couple of fake outs because when they first showed Pinocchio, he was face down just like in the original movie. Yeah, but then and he I moved. Thought he was dead, but then he moved. So that was an actual fake out for him being dead. And then, um, and then, yeah, with, with Geppetto being dead. And then I like. And Pinocchio like cries a tear on him and the, puts magic in and he comes back to life. Um, and then they do an inception thing with the end where it's like, oh, is did Pinocchio become a flesh and blood boy or no? There's some stories that say he did. I don't know. And they're in silhouette as they leave as Jiminy says this to us. And that was honestly the most interesting thing the movie did <laughs> because, because wow. Okay. Yeah. You could deviate from the end a little bit there and be like, did he become real or not? I mean, that is legitimately the most interesting part. Like that's like, Oh, good question. Did he need to at that point? It makes me feel like, they didn't want to choose an actor for Pinocchio. <laughs> so they just were like, and maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Magic. Well, it also. Seemed, it seemed like his physical form might have might have slightly been going more boy as he got farther away, too. I'm not sure. Well, I will also say something. Given the fact that they have the weird blue fairy stream going from his dead son's picture into <laughs> Pinocchio, I think they played it safe because if Pinocchio had become, would he become his son? That's kind of creepy. Now you've, now you've brought back a dead kid to life. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I just, you know, and yeah. So I think that, I think I liked this ending for the way they did, they did this, this story, uh, this version, whatever of it. All right, let's talk some about uh, like direction and, and actors, some if we want, uh, about the the stuff, the specific stuff this movie did with CGI and its directing choices and all that. Yeah, so CG overall, I didn't think it was that great. I didn't like seeing scenes where it was just CG characters. Agreed. Um, a lot of the times when interacting, when the human actors were interacting with CG it felt weird. A lot of, of Geppetto carrying Pinocchio was awkward where he was holding him and he would kind of shake weird. Yeah. I like when They he, had Figaro be a CG cat the whole time. Yeah. Maybe because they didn't want to pay animal handlers. I don't know what the rationale of that was. It was funny when Lampwick was feeling his uh, donkey ears and they had to move the donkey ears as he moved his hand because, you know, he's a kid like, yeah. grabbing at nothing. And uh, another one that I didn't think was that great was uh, Pinocchio and the other marionette, Fabiana's marionette, uh, dancing. Uh, it yeah. felt, uh, I think I have it like weightless, like it didn't, it didn't feel good. Yeah, and I want to talk a little about uh, Honest John and Gideon and why their stuff fell so flat for you to the point where it felt like abusive. It's because it's... Uh, hyper-realistic CG characters made to do slapstick. And that doesn't work very well. <laughs> like, they're literally doing like slapstick routines and acting silly, except they're hyper-realistic CG characters. And that 
just doesn't work. Like the reason that that like you can get away with a pretty big dose of violence and say Looney Tunes is or even the original Disney Pinocchio is because the characters are cartoons and they morph and they squish in ways where like it's like, oh, they feel pain, but like they're fine. You know, like they're they kind of do the same mallet thing here where Honest John gets knocked out. But in the original Disney, he gets hit so hard with the mallet that his hat covers his whole face in a way that can't realistically happen because he's a cartoon. And here it's just like he's just hitting Gideon the whole time. And Gideon's like probably making some faces and stuff, but like. It's like a real dude hitting a real dude, except they have a fox head and a cat head. Yeah. It feels different. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel funny in the same way. Yeah, it's just, I, I think there's a, a thing that Chuck Jones said, like, about, um, I think, the Wiley Coyote in, in particular. One of the fundamental things about how they handle the violence against him is that he wants it to always feel like the character is inconvenienced and humiliated, but not genuinely hurt in a way that matters. And I think that's how a lot of cartoon violence happens. Like, in the original Pinocchio, Honest John is humiliated and inconvenienced by having the hat take over his whole head and trying to get it out. But we don't believe that he has a concussion. We don't believe that he's genuinely hurt in a way that matters because he's a cartoon character. And they try to do some of that same stuff here and it doesn't work. And then it works even less when they kind of try to have some of that same sensibility with actual live action characters like Stromboli or to an extent the Coachman. They kind of just took all of the main villains and made them silly in this one instead of just having Honest John and Gideon be the silly ones. Um, It's just, it doesn't work unless you're kind of having that be the whole vibe of the movie. Like, you can get away with live-action actors acting cartoonish if that's the vibe your whole thing is going for, but that's not what this is doing, you know? And so it just feels weird because it feels muddled and the the comedy just can't... The slapstick comedy can't work in the same way. Obviously, slapstick comedy can work in live-action. The Three Stooges exist, whether or not you enjoy their comedy, but they do that within a world where it's set up for that that to happen, whereas this is a world that tries to seem hyper-realistic until it doesn't. <laughs> it's It just doesn't work very well. There's also a, a quick uh, scary CGI chase scene with the shadow monsters chasing Pinocchio and Jiminy off a cliff, which I guess maybe was the reason they wanted the CGI monsters is... I don't know why. I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, I mean, transitioning him actually getting thrown out into the water, underwater. Yeah. I don't know if they wanted a different sort of direness to the film. I guess. But but yeah, I mean, with that whole ending, it was too too action-oriented. I think that also kind of undermined the, the emotion that you would want to have in a film like this. Yeah. And then after he was in the water and floating there for a second... There was like a really, it felt weird to me how quick the cut was from that to bright sunlight and him knocking on Geppetto's door. It felt like one of the only times in the movie that it was so willing to like have such a quick cut from location and time. Um, Because 
like we had to excruciatingly see him escape Pleasure Island and get there. We have to excruciatingly see him cross the water to get to Geppetto later. And we don't they don't cut to them being back in their home at the end. We their whole ending scene happens where they wash up on the shore and then they walk away like there's kind of this attention to detail of like how characters get from from place to place that seems unnecessary and it, but it's there for most of the time but then isn't all of a sudden for this one really sharp cut yeah i don't know it was weird to me no, i just realized too is it absolutely doesn't track and doesn't make sense because they get scooped up to go to pleasure island clearly at night right and then it's daytime and then geppetto says this happened an all in one day it didn't happen. I mean, you know, again, I mean, maybe they're still in the morning the before he hours. went to before he went to school. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry. One of my, one of my notes was "Hit Geppetto, kill Pinocchio, lol," which is just where he like tossed the anchor out yeah. and it hit Pinocchio <laughs> on the head and smashed him into the water. That got a laugh out of me. I'll, I'll admit. <laughs> It felt to me like there was a lot of shots throughout this movie that felt like it was intended to be a 3D movie seen in theaters. Was that, did anybody else feel that? Like there was a lot of stuff where it felt like stuff was pushed into the screen in a way that was like, would be in a 3D film. You know what I'm saying? I didn't catch that feeling. I I felt it a couple of times. Uh, I will say uh, also... I think it was especially bad with Honest John and Gideon. The shadows of the real life set scenes and settings would obscure the characters. Like, yeah. I don't know if I really got a good look at Gideon because he was in shadows most of the time. I know, right? And as you said earlier, you know, Gideon was done dirty by the film. He didn't do anything. No, he. you didn't really get a sense of, like, his... his uh willingness to commit violence you know other than he had all those mallets right he has the mallets and he knocks them both out but that's the first indication of him wanting to commit violence yeah just like they did my boy dirty the cartooniness of him opening the jacket and the mallets are just bigger than the jacket that he has on and and he pulls out the big one and like drops like it's really heavy and it's like you were just carrying that on you yeah like like, that would be funny if it was a cartoon right just just can't decide um, I really dislike the look of Gideon and Honest John because, it, okay, sorry, when they would smile and talk, it's like a dog. You know how sometimes dogs will smile at you and it's really creepy? Like a real dog, you know, and the teeth. It's, uh, that's what it was. It was just, It's ugh. like a fox yeah. snarling at a Yeah, boy. I just did not like Which it. Which I think is partially on purpose, but it's just such a weird look, especially when you're trying to be so cartoony with them. Yeah. And then I did not like the design of Monstro with the weird tentacle yeah, they made him, things. And and then when they escape from Monstro, like, Pinocchio literally makes a comment about him being a sea monster instead of a whale. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why that was a thing we needed to do, but okay. Yeah, is it, did the original animators from the film be like, this is supposed to be a monster, not a whale. And then it's like, don't worry, guys, we got you. We're going to add some tentacles. Pinocchio's going to tell them it's a sea monster. It's supposed to be a dogfish if you're going to be true to the source material. Anyways, weird. Uh, the shot composition of the monster chasing them in the water scene was super boring. <laughs> like yeah. It was just the same like couple of shots back and forth multiple times. It barely felt like they were making headway towards getting to the cave. It felt like it was elongated to try to attempt to make it seem more dire but it actually had the opposite effect of making it seem like it was very slow moving it's just it wasn't 
Yeah. It wasn't very dramatic or well done at all. And especially compared to the that climactic scene in the original, the, where the water effects going crazy and you got all these different shots of them being pushed around in the water and monster like charging. And like there's energy in the original and there's no energy here during that scene. Yeah. Like I think, like you said, like it, you can tell what they're wanting you to feel, but yeah. you're not feeling that. Exactly. And so. I definitely liked the Italian one where it didn't have that. Yeah, that was really better, nice. But but they're so beholden was, to the original, they have to do it this way. Yeah, and it wasn't like the Pinocchio one, the rich, the Disney Pinocchio one was bad. But this no. this just doesn't doesn't hit the way that one does. Oh, a uh, fun fact about um, Tom Hanks being in here. In November of 2018, it was reported that Tom Hanks was in early talks to play Geppetto in the film, but he passed on the project after the departure of the original directors Sam Mendes and Paul King. In August 2020, Hanks rejoined the project after reportedly reaching out to director Robert Zemeckis for the role. The actor and director have previously worked together on the films Forrest Gump, Castaway, and Polar Express. So, yeah, he decided to come back because it was a director that he liked again. Speaking of, I will say that the uh, on Pleasure Island, whenever they're doing the kind of boat ride situation, they hit Candy Mountain and, like, that's whenever it hit me that this feels like the kind of self-indulgent train scenes of Polar Express. And I don't mean <laughs> that in a good way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it Too was, true. It was also reminiscent of, of almost the, um, the, the, the way they had the boat or, you know, that turned into a sled, that turned into all kinds of things that Pinocchio and Lampwick were on. Um, it reminded me of uh, parts of uh, Hook where... Um, where Robin Williams, um, as you know, Peter Pan was like sliding and, and like going through where the lost boys were and how that would slide around. It was kind of that feel. Uh, but again, it was just, it, it was interesting. I mean, it was kind of neat, but it was, but it felt like the whole thing was Pinocchio and Lampwick were on a ride yeah. through pleasure island and and no one else they don't really i mean i think they showed maybe some kids on the boat behind them but for the most part there's not that many people it's not like it would what would have made more sense yeah Yeah. well but it would have made more sense if everyone got on the boats and then people were getting out sure but i get you don't need to make perfect sense all the time I, i think that's fine um did you catch in the credits who played jiminy cricket babe no it's joseph gordon levitt all right my guy he he did fine He's in um, 10 Things I Hate About You, uh, Inception. Mm. He's, uh, well, visually, visually, I, I really liked his little outfit. I didn't like his face so much. The other thing that I didn't like about the CG, uh, I did not like, oh, like on the marionettes and stuff, why they didn't have just static eyes, if these were supposed to be wooden puppets, why they had the the eyes that just opened and closed and, and, and just looked so real. That yeah. was, yeah, that was just, that it was really that just was a like, weird is choice. this an yeah. alive puppet yeah. or not? Yeah, because uh, the mouths and the eyes seem to move. There's no way that you can do that. With, I mean, you know, it just didn't seem feasible that you could do that as a puppeteer. Yeah, it, and one thing that always like struck me throughout the film was any time they actually showed Pinocchio moving in a way that emphasizes that he's a puppet and not a boy where he spins around and stuff like that like I I never liked it. I I don't know, just the way he moved, it felt like 
it felt like the original animation one just captured him being a puppet better. Yes. And with, I don't know whether it was kind of the weightiness that they did or didn't have for him or the moves that they chose to, to use for him, but all of the times where the, the kind of iconic spinning his head around or spinning his body around just never felt right. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some about sound design. Alan Silvestri wrote the original songs for the film, along with songwriter Glenn Ballard. Both Ballard and Silvestri were skeptical about treating uh, the the modern adaptation's music, but had faith in Zemeckis' vision. Ballard has said that the whole Disney model is you use songs to help you to tell the story. We had a great director who wanted songs to help to tell the story. It wasn't really a musical, but a lot of the movies that Disney has made over the years are not really musicals. They're kind of musicals, but they're not really musicals so i feel like that's what pinocchio is um tom hanks speaking song lyrics sucks but the only thing that sucks more than that is when he does actually try to sing yeah (laughs) and he gets two songs which is a choice one of them is barely a song because he's basically singing the whole thing he means speaking yeah he's basically speaking the whole thing um, and neither of them are very interesting. They are called When He Was Here With Me and Pinocchio, Pinocchio. Then later, uh, Fabiana gets a song. Uh, sorry, I have another note that just says Tom Hanks needs to stop singing, please. This song sucks so much. Um, oh, sorry. I also got to talk about I've Got No Strings. Uh, it's much, much worse than the original, like absurdly worse. The staging, the song itself, the visuals, the way that the machine breaks down and stuff at the end, all of it's awful and not engaging to watch. And I had a very bad time with it. Yeah. The thing I disliked most about that was him getting his nose stuck that whole he was there bit was so too long. long. Yeah, way too long. Way and too long. and getting out of it d- didn't make sense to me. No. Yeah. Fabiana's song, which is called I Will Always Dance. Um, I, I think it was cute and fun, but stylistically doesn't match the original music for the film at all. Um, and also, again, everything with her could be cut from the film and nothing would change. So, you know, it was, I liked it fine enough, but we didn't need it. And then the coachman sings a song, it's fine, and then he kind of keeps it going later when they're on Pleasure Island 2, I guess. I don't know, because he like, he's like in one get up when he's the coachman, and then later when they're on Pleasure Island and they're going on the float thing, he like pops out of the ground and he's got like a different kind of outfit on he reminds me of a cross between jack sparrow and beetlejuice (laughs) and then and but i did really like his voice i really liked his singing voice i just did fine uh he's played by the way by luke evans who i think i've seen in other stuff i don't remember off the top of my head uh he's fine he's really hamming it up um i didn't hate his performance but i didn't feel a lot about it either yeah I think by that time you're pretty disconnected from the film. Oh yeah, super. Um, I guess what I will say about the music in general in this film, as far as the songs, um, none of them are that good or interesting, including the ones that are from the original film. None of the performances are, most of the performances besides Geppetto's are, are not necessarily bad, but they're not that interesting or stand out or worth dealing with. I like uh, the and Blue then, Fairies rendition. 
It's fine, fine enough. Um, it's fine enough. I also really liked her costume. Her I costume just, was cool. I, it was just so cool. I, I liked that. I'm, I'm sure CG, whatever. That it looked like almost kind of like a flowing, flowing, moving yeah, water or something. Things. Well, the wing things, but also like even like how her, the strap came across on her dress, that constant flowing. It just was really cool looking. It was fine. Her singing was fine. Um, Tom Hanks's was bad and they should not have made him sing two songs. Why would you do that? Maybe he wanted to. They shouldn't have let him, frankly. Um, sometimes you gotta Tom tell, Hanks. sometimes you gotta tell your actors no, even if I literally at one point while we were watching was like, why does everyone love him again? Because the movie was making me be like, he sucks though. He's not very good in here. Sorry. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? So we didn't actually uh, speak about this within the directing section, uh, but I think it is appropriate here to say that the clock references to Disney properties immediately doesn't hold up well. Yeah. I think the the way that it is... If they were more incidental, fine. But more than a few times do they show the clock, then zoom into a particular character. There, there's like two whole scenes separated by stuff in between where it was basically a montage of these stupid clocks. Which they do the montage of the clocks in the original film. So I but don't... they don't all have to be Disney references. Yeah. Uh, no, they literally had scenes. What doesn't make sense is, again... The time that this is supposed to be, Disney did not exist. So Well, not even that. That's not... We don't need to talk about how it doesn't make sense in world. That's fun to joke about. But the thing that's obnoxious about it is that it's just Disney flaunting these things it owns and trying to be like, oh, look, here's a reference to a thing you like. Isn't that fun and cute? But then they do it like 10 times. Yeah, I mean... And it's like once or twice, like... Having the Donald being bitten by an alligator. Sure, that's cute enough, but there's Toy Story and there's Sleeping Beauty and Snow White and just everything. It's too much. And it just it just feels really like cynical and corporate rather than fun. And then there was one joke where uh, he's like, if you talk about like having a talking puppet They'll think you're, and then a cuckoo clock goes off, and that's dumb. But then the the clock itself, the way that it looked, uh, it was Dumbo. No, no it was, was a guy drinking, uh, which was in the original one, not uh, that scene, but the, the that clock. Right, but but the way that it moved again just was yeah. more weightless, like like lifeless. It yeah. wasn't good. They also another clock that came back from the original was the lady spanking her kid. But then they had also a cop who, like, turned and stopped her hand with his baton at one point. And I don't know what that means, but it can't mean anything that I like. There's nothing about that that I like. Uh, One thing, uh, moving on from that, uh, there was a weird line in the uh, Coachman song. So it talked about real boys doing something. And then it said, I think it was real girls only like the real boys more or something like that. And I'm like, cool, great. Yeah, we have girls going to Pleasure Island. But like, but like for boys, I guess. I don't know. It was dumb. It's weird and dumb. Also, all the CGI doesn't look very good now. And it's only going to look worse as time passes. I'll say that. Um, It doesn't. Hold up well, because it's bad. <laughs> um, 
the yeah again with the like the, the ending was too actiony it was weird like pinocchio did a three-point landing <laughs> while doing stuff i'm yeah. like all right this is part marvel movie i guess it really, uh, genuinely, because, yeah, that we haven't talked about that. Part of the ending thing in the original movie is that uh, Geppetto is is going to drown. And he's like, no, Pinocchio, go on without me. Save yourself. And Pinocchio makes a choice to, to know I'm going to save you, even though I could easily save myself and let you die. He saves his dad and he struggles to swim, but he, he makes it through barely in the nick of time. In this one, he has a superpower with his foot, his feet, basically, that can go super, super fast. So he's able to be a motorboat just going in the water. And there's no sense of like, oh, no, Pinocchio, you got to let me go or or else we'll all or else you'll die. Save yourself. There's nothing there. He just motorboats away and makes it into the thing and monstrous smashes into it. Like there's no tension. Yeah. And I- there's no there's nothing lear- like there's no proving himself by being brave there. It's like he has a superpower. Yeah. And again, it, it, Monstro eats them and they almost like they spend some time in there, but then they get out. It wasn't. There was no sense of direness because Geppetto's been in there for months and they're running out of food. Yeah. They, they, that whole thing was very diminished compared to the original Disney film. 100%. Yeah. It just... I, uh. I know I joked about it doesn't hold up because it's a bad film, but genuinely, it doesn't hold up in the way that the original does despite its issues because the story it's trying to tell, it shoots itself in the foot like constantly throughout like it doesn't hold up because there's no real lesson or moral to take away from this because everything that Geppetto says Pinocchio is at the end was either already true the whole time or was never demonstrably proven despite what he says like there's there's no story here about a child learning to like make the right choices because he wanted to do that the whole time and was just forced by circumstance into bad things. Sometimes there's just, there's nothing here that would make anyone want to watch this again. Whereas there's plenty of reasons to want to watch the original again. It the core of its story is still interesting and holds up to some degree. The animation is still lush and gorgeous. One of the most beautifully animated things to this day. There's reasons to go and watch it again. There's no reason to return to this. Even if you mildly enjoyed it, why would you like, it's the sort of movie that someone goes to a theater, watches once and is like, <laughs> I remember Pinocchio. This is fun. And never watches again in their life ever. Like, and that's frankly all that it was intended to be. Like, frankly, that is what this movie was meant to be from the get go is a way for them to extend their copyright and to remind people of a franchise that they own before Guillermo del Toro comes out and makes a new Pinocchio thing. They had to get their Pinocchio thing in first to make sure you remember theirs. And they don't care if you watch it again. Yeah, I mean, given the fact that this is a Disney remake, it doesn't hold up against the original, bottom line. The original, which, again, I didn't even remember, you know, liking at all. I thought I really disliked. But the original has so many positives, and this doesn't hold up against it. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? 
um, put Pleasure Island kind of in general, if I need to be a little more specific, Lampwick and Pinocchio in the bar all the way f- from that to Pinocchio getting into the water with the stupid CGI smoke monsters and stuff. Just all that. I'm going to say Stromboli's part because especially like with the puppet show and him falling over and back and being clumsy and, and knocking, you know, the, the music or whatever playing and all of that was just, just almost painful to watch because it was just so poorly done. Tough to say. There's a lot of not great stuff. Sure is. I think I'll go with the, the beginning, especially the clocks, the, you know, Disney clock situation. Second, anything that had to be explained two or three times, dislike that. Yeah, no, you're both right also. What was your favorite scene in the movie? I want to say for me, the the very end, uh, I mean, and past the monstro bit, but sure. the very end where, uh, you know, I mean, especially where they walk off together and you don't know, um, and they don't have Pinocchio transform into a real boy per se. I don't know. I think Fabiana's song, it was kind of nice to look at and hear. <laughs> this is so hard. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think I'll just have to agree with Fabiana's song. Who was your least favorite character in the movie? For me, I'm going to say Stromboli. I just did not like that characterization at all. <sighs> I think I'm going to have to go Geppetto just because they increased his time a lot, but they didn't give him anything interesting and, and the time frame that they made this all kind of happen in, like it felt silly for him to take his cat and his fish initially to look for, for Pinocchio. Oh, no, that was so, I mean, oh. which he didn't do in the original. When no, you see him walking in didn't. the streets, he's by himself. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Like, anyway, else. Uh, they also like with this whole clock fixation, they added that uh, to, to, and to make towards his, what his wife liked. And it, it, it was, Unnecessary. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Geppetto, just by sheer amount of time that I have to put up with any of his nonsense. Um, Who was your favorite character in the movie? Fabiana? She still shouldn't have been in it. But everyone else was worse. (laughs) So, no, maybe it's Sophia the Seagull. No, it's Fabiana. I'm going to actually say, for me, it's Pinocchio, which, I mean, I kind of say a little bit hesitant, but I did like, um, even though that it, what I didn't like was that he was a static character, but I did like his, I did, I did like his portrayal of a static character. Again, he should have been a dynamic character, but, um, yeah. And I, and I actually like how he looked visually. I'm out of all the CG. I, you know, his, looks were not offensive to me and they were cute and and they they reminded me enough of the of the original overall kind of vibe and yeah uh i'd have to agree i think fabiana like what you said she, she didn't need to be there but most tolerable this movie did have music in it what was your least favorite song it's the one that geppetto speaks that's mm, yes. not really a song I second that. I dislike that one, but I also... Or maybe is it the one that he does sing, and very badly. I also dislike the uh, the Coachman song. Oh, I liked his voice, though. I, 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 didn't, I didn't like it because it 
how it functioned in the story of like, oh, he doesn't want to go, guys. Let's yeah. talk him into it. Versus uh, again, like it's not he should, pr- it's not Pleasure Island. It's peer pressure island. He should go. Like he should want to go. I know. Like that doesn't make sense. So that's why. Um, did you notice that um, Give a Little Whistle wasn't in here? Yeah. Yeah, they cut that one to make room for classics like Pinocchio, Pinocchio. What was your favorite song? Uh, it's I Will Always Dance. It didn't need to be in the movie, though. But, like, it's fun. It didn't match the style of anything else. But, like, it was fun, I guess. I think When You Wish Upon a Star was fine. We'll put that up there. I well actually I'm just gonna go with what what I really feel. I like the Coachman song the best. I didn't like the again the the content of the, the vibe, but again I I just really liked his voice and and I feel like it it overall sounded one of the, you know the best. Well I say that I I don't know I just really liked his voice and and the whole kind of vibe of it. Tim Curry deserves better than to be in this movie. Let's go on to our overall <laughs> consensus and what we would rate it. I agree. Yeah no not great. Uh, not sure if it's least favorite of live action remakes. I'd have to, th- I have to think about it. Not great. Undermined lots of things from the original film. I don't think it added anything good at all. So I will give it a 0.75. I think I'm going to say, <laughs> I want to say 0.99. No, <laughs> I think I'm going to say, I think I'm going to say a one. And the only reason that I slightly like it more than the Dumbo remake, which is not saying much at all, is because there was, my interest was held visually at times, again, for better or for worse. Whereas for the Dumbo, I just don't, I remember liking anything about it. Like just was, I was just like, oh my gosh. So, and then I wouldn't recommend this. I'm not going to make a decision about if it's better to be bored or angry. It's 0.75. It's also trash. <laughs> yeah, D- Dumbo remake and Pinocchio remake are both garbage. Would you say you're bemused? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bemused. No, I'm not even bemused. Why would someone make this? I understand the the cynical corporate reasons why this exists. It's bad. I don't recommend it. It's garbage. Thank you all very much for listening. (laughs) Uh, She doesn't have an opinion at all, does she? Yeah. And I would love for you to join me, you all, on any Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. I am playing Star Wars, The Old Republic, uh, Knights of the Fallen Empire. And I am having so much fun because now I'm actually switching to my Jedi Guardian. And yeah, so come join me as I continue with Chapter 3. And join me on Nana Critter, N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R. Next time, we will finish our Pinocchio Palooza. Last one. Last one. And uh, should hopefully be significantly better than this. It'll be Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Really looking forward to checking that out. Join us then. Bye. Bye. I love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 279-0566. 
Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H.com. Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening! Thanks for listening!